When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going, but there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey presented by Betches Media. This is an exploration of all pop culture. From the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. We're looking at you, Tom Sandoval. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. This is your Thursday episode. You guys, we are chugging right along. We had three great episodes to start us out with Betches. We had Sophie on Monday with my dad. We had the comments by Celebs Girls yesterday, and we had Dylan Hafer on Tuesday. I'm truly living my dream. I am at the New York offices at Betches, and I got to tell you, this place is wild. It is decorated so amazing. I'm going to try to do an Instagram video for you tomorrow to show you all the cool little like specific rooms and all the mug shots of the celebrities, and I'm telling you, this is just like... Uh, it's like first day of school, like over and over again, but all like I'll sit there and I'll be working on my computer or reading a book to do research. And then there are like be girls all around. They were like talking about Vanderpump rules and they were talking about the Kardashians. And I was like, can I interrupt? You know, I want to be like, I want to talk about Van. But it was like, it's the dream place to work. This place is the dream place to work. They're just having these conversations. And then Half of it turns out to be work-related. They're having work-related conversations about Kardashians. And I was just in a meeting before I interviewed our guest today where we were talking about videos to do about Taylor Swift. We were like, we were going to do some man-on-the-street interviews next week. But it was like, I literally have had dreams about my, my goal in life is to be sitting in a meeting talking about funny ideas that I can do around Ariana Grande's dating history. And that happened. You, I, This is truly a Make-A-Wish Foundation. Betches has truly been amazing this week. Um, I do want to tell you, I, I forgot to tell you this uh, on Monday, was that I had a little bit of a New York day on Saturday, and I went and saw where they renamed the street for the Beastie Boys. Beastie Boys, one of my favorite rap groups of all time. I'm very sentimental about them, but they made Beastie Boys Square. So I went and saw that just so I could get a picture of the actual Beastie Boys sign. And then I was like, I was kind of romancing myself. And this place, Pastis, this restaurant that I found last year during BravoCon, they have the most insane French onion soup and it's just like cheese on cheese on cheese and then the soup stuff underneath it. And I was like, why don't I take myself on a little date? I'm a sure thing. And I go to this place. It takes like 30 minutes to get in. I'm, I'm like a one. I'm 
person of one. And I bring a book with me because I've read like sometimes people like, oh, I was reading a book and having a glass of wine. So I had a book with me as a prop and then I get the soup and then I ordered sardines with like some bread and like fancy butter. I didn't ask for the fancy butter, it came with it. So it was like sardines and then I ordered a martini and a coffee. And I was just a human trash can and I was so happy, but I was there. And then this was Saturday, that night, I'm so pissed off. It turns out Andy Cohen and Amy Sedaris, like I posted first on Instagram about this French onion soup at pastis. Andy Cohen copies my dumb ass and posts the same photo at pastis with the French onion soup. Andy, are you sending me signals? I was so livid. I mean, I wouldn't have done anything if he was actually there. I wouldn't have gone up to the table, but I was in. He came a couple hours later and then also Tinsley Mortimer and her mom. Tinsley, of course, from Roni, was at Pastis as well. I mean, this place was a hot spot. It was just, it turned into a hot spot after I left. But my God, New York is so exciting. It's so much different. When I was here last time, a couple months ago, the humidity just drove me insane. They were taking the poor shot, the cover photo shots, and I just soaked through every piece of clothing. I think I. I really alarmed the the amazing talented lady that was doing the shots. I it was like the Titanic. They needed flood insurance because I was just sweating so hard. And now it is more temperate climate in New York, so it's kind of beautiful. And I'm like romanticizing being in New York. I was like, I will go see a jaunty musical. Uh, but New York is just so amazing. I'm here for another week. So excited to be here and be a part of Betches. Uh, today we have a great show for you, folks. Uh, we have the comedian Jared Freed, who also hosts a couple of amazing. Betches podcast, which we get into, but his new special on Netflix, 37 single, I watched last week and it truly was uh, comfort food to me. It has been such a tragic last month that I, I was kind of like going into it. I was like, I don't want to laugh right now. And then I found myself laughing. And at first I was like, damn it. And then I actually just enjoyed the laughing. The dude is funny as hell. You guys already know him, I'm sure. But I, and I was super nervous uh, talking to him, but he was such a nice guy. He's such a pro. And then we uh, we have Jer we have Drew Barrymore. We have Drew Barrymore on the show, which is, of course, Drew Barrymore by our friend, um, Nicole Travolta, but let's just suspend disbelief. It is Drew Barrymore on the show. Um, Shannon Bedore, I wanted to give a quick update with. She is now being reported in the Daily Mail as saying that um, she is potentially going to rehab. The Daily Mail article says potentially going to rehab. So yesterday it came out that she was going to do counseling. And now today it says potential rehab. But also it came out that Shannon Bedore that night before she got busted, was bad-mouthing former Real Housewives of Orange County star Alexis Bellino. And then Alexis Bellino commented on this going, I did bump into Shannon at a bar. We had like kind of a nice, we exchanged pleasantries. I was very dismayed to find out she was bad-mouthing me afterwards and then hit her car into an actual house. So it is yet to be determined. I'm not sure this is 100% confirmed, but if she is going to rehab, uh, I think we would all completely support that. Also, we're going to talk more about Real Housewives of Salt Lake City had a amazing episode on Tuesday night. I'll be talking about more about that on a upcoming show. But truly, Meredith Marks with the slurring. We talk about it was truly incredible. And then Heather Gay did a hat trick. She literally, 
um, vomited, pissed, and potentially pooped in a sprinter van. And Whitney is just truly, she's very underutilized. She needs to raise her voice a little bit more, but she was like, let me out of the van. And people were like, how dare you not stay with your friend as she was puking and peeing. But I also think she did that so we could open the sprinter van door and the camera guy could get a clear shot of her puking and then peeing. And at first I thought she was peeing directly into a shoe, but it was actually her hat that fell off. Woo, there is a lot more to talk about Salt Lake. So make sure you are subscribed to So Bad It's Good. Thank you for tuning in all week. Thank you for rating and reviewing this five stars on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Thank you for supporting our sponsors. And uh, let's, uh, let's go to Drew Barrymore, shall we? Folks, summer is just around the corner, so it's time to say goodbye to those jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Now, I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily, I found Quince. Now, I have a lineup of timeless pieces I want that will keep me looking fresh year after year. I got a pair of tan shorts. I got a pair of green shorts. I cannot wait to style these for summer. And I got to tell you, the quality is great because Quince has all the seasonal must-haves, like 100% European linen shirts from 30 performance polos, and versatile flow knit activewear. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman by partnering directly with top factories and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So you can feel good about what you're wearing on every level. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. You guys, this is so exciting for me in this show. I'm such a huge fan of this next actor. And now normally I would love to have somebody on of this stature at a different time frame when uh, she might not be, you know, this person's in the news right now and uh, having a little bit of a tough time. And I think we're coming on the other side of that. And I would just love to do a full hour on their career with the movies and of course the talk show, but she's just had her hand in every, every sort of pop culture thing that you could possibly imagine. So I, I, I'm just so nervous to talk to this this next person. But uh, without further ado, the one, the only, Drew Barrymore. Oh, my God, Ryan. It's just, thank you so much for having me during yeah. this time. You know, I'm just, of course. I just, you know, I wanted to say that I'm just, I'm so deeply sorry for my for my choices and 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 I just I yeah. don't believe that there's anything that I could do or say to make this right, you know. Um, but but yeah, I'm going no, Drew, to. I, I, Ryan, would you, I just want to stop, stop you real quick. Yeah, no, Drew. I just want to stop you real quick. Uh, I don't think you have anything to apologize for at this point because uh, your show you you actually apologized last week and you said the show was still going to go on your talk show. But then I, on, on Sunday, you said that, that the show, you're not going to do the show and you're going to support the writers and the actors strike. So I don't, what, what are you apologizing for right now? You know what, Brian? And that is why I'm on this show because we are just spreading positivity and we are not apologizing anymore because we stand 
with the writers. Happy. So these are happy tears. These are happy tears. Drew, real quick, I'm just getting a, a breaking news. It says your show actually is going back into production. You are now. Okay, so I, that I guess the Sunday thing, you are actually now going back into production. You are now going against the writers and the actors strike now. And I'm just so sorry that I had to make this decision because I just want to help people. You know, I mean, we did this show in a pandemic. Drew, I'm joking. I jo- Drew, I'm joking. Oh. Drew, I'm joking. I'm joking. You don't Ryan, know. I just marvel <laughs> at your improv. I just am enamored <laughs> with you. True. I, you know, I guess the, the the other question I just always wanted to know, what was it like working with the alien, the E.T.? He's just perfect. You know, when, yeah, yeah. when I just, when I felt his, you know, skin, I just, I, I melted, yeah. you know, it just, it changed yeah. my life, you know? And I, I, yeah. I went yeah. in there guns blazing with that role. <sighs> Yeah, you did. You I really, did. really did. Um, now, uh, are you afraid, uh, you know, a talk show host, you've been an actor, a writer, you've been so many things throughout your career. This talk show host, you know, this is a really tough time in the industry. You are choosing to take a stand with the writers and the actors. But are you, is there any part of you that's nervous that that this opportunity is not going to be there for you when this strike ends? Ryan, we are manifesting 24 7 in my brain my brain generates the most positive vibes drew will always be drew and drew's news will live on you know you when you talk about yourself in the third person i think that is so commendable and i really like sometimes i just wonder what it's like to be in your brain because it just must be like a nonstop vision board like you said you're manifesting 24/7 is there anything that you would like the audience to know about manifesting any tips and by the way this podcast does not go against the strike in any sort of way so feel free to really say anything as we wrap up here you know my brain is very much like a pinterest board I really just put out pictures of what I want and you speak it. You speak what you want into existence. So baby, I will be back and it's just going to be (laughs) bigger and better than ever. Uh, Drew, I'm just getting actually a real quick, uh, your show has been canceled. The Drew Barrymore talk show has been canceled uh, effective immediately. Drew, I cannot believe that you're on with us uh, when we get this horrible news. I have made it through so much of my life in distress yeah. that we will persevere and I will come back in a different in a different time and maybe a different time slot or maybe I will just act again. It's just the possibilities. Yes. Are Charlie's Angels 3. Yes. Yes. With Lucy. Charlie's Angels 3. Yes. Lucy Liu, Cameron Diaz. You could do E.T. too. I could really just work with Adam Sandler again, who I just love (laughs) and adore. Maybe 61st Dates. (laughs) Okay, you guys. I hate to break this to you. That that is not Drew Barrymore. (laughs) It it sounds exactly like her. And if you're watching this on video, it looks like her too. But it it is my genius friend. Uh, Nicole Travolta. Nicole, thank you so much for doing this on such short notice with my silly idea, but welcome back to the show. 
Oh my God. I'm a big fan of you. You're the genius. I'm so happy to be here. I oh. love this. Just a lot of positive Drew. Yeah, positive. Well, he, listen, you do a handful of amazing impressions, and I think you're adding to them all the time. I saw your Jennifer Aniston you were practicing last week, who is now back with the morning show. And your yeah. Jennifer Aniston is really damn good, too. How long have you been doing Jennifer? I started doing her, I want to say like a year and a half ago, but then I sometimes forget. And and I, I just... I did, um, I had to do a morning show in Pittsburgh and they wanted me to do Jennifer Aniston. And I was like, oh God, I haven't done her in, in so long. And I just, I get so much thrill out of getting on YouTube and watching like, you know, how, yeah, yeah, you know, well, yeah, whoa, well, yeah, well, it's great, you know, uh, well, you know, and she really just, you could just do that with her over and over again and it would be enough because she really goes in like that. But I, I just, I love the observe, observing of people, you know, it's thrilling to me. Yeah. Now, uh, Jennifer Coolidge, who is another one of your amazing impersonations and homage, uh, unfortunately, you know, after last season of White Lotus, she is not going to be on this season unless we get her in dream sequences, which I think would be amazing. I mean, we still have to find ways to do Jennifer Coolidge. She needs to come back. I mean, obviously there is a strike right now, so everything I feel is a bit quiet, but I just, I get, I'm sad that she's not going to be in it. You know what I think would be amazing is um, Kim Cattrall in White Lotus. Oh my God, that would be amazing. Wait, do you have a Kim, you do have a Kim Cattrall, don't you? I do, honey. Of course I have a Kim Cattrall. <laughs> honey, Ryan, come on. <laughs> <laughs> but if she came back, I could run races. Nicole has been on the show a couple of times. You can actually do a search in the show and you can all our episodes will pop up. But I remember the first time you were on, you we were talking about and just like that, and they just had their second season. Uh, and Kim Control had one scene at the very end that was not filmed with Sarah Jessica Parker. She refused to film with Sarah Jessica Parker, but it was still that's how good of an actress Kim Control is that I actually believed her character still kind of like Samantha. I totally agree with you. I it makes me, you know, the funny thing about the season is the first half of the season, I was full like, this is, I, I can't, this is just, it's not good. But then the second half of the season, I felt like they kind of dropped in a little bit more and found their footing. Yeah. With the, with the, with Carrie's friend, with Carrie's new friend, uh, who had that scene yeah. at the hair salon in the rain with the cigarette. She was yes. so good. Yes. She was so good. And I, I just. The, but the Samantha thing, it makes me sad because I really believe that the show, it, 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 it all of them together is what really makes the show. And seeing yeah. her on the screen, I was, it was amazing because she's so good. I mean, there, she, her in that role in the original is the best thing. And it just seeing her back in, it was so good. But I, I do, I wish that there was more and more Samantha in yeah. it, you know? <laughs> just, just, just keep cutting to Samantha in cars talking on the phone. Like, I don't need to see them in the same room, but it did my mind good to like think they're in the same universe and that they still potentially talk to each other and care about each other. It made you feel, it made you feel at home. Like I, I felt more at yes. home with the show and just that they were still connected, but that show in general, I mean, we get Che Diaz and Miranda, and Miranda is awful oh. rocker. It's like it, it it just my mind gets blown every time I watch it. 
And poor Steve, Steve's selling oysters down there. They're like, what's up? I'm Steve. I'm selling oysters at the beach now, Miranda. Oh, Miranda, you broke me. Like, Wait, that's a really good Steve impression. Maybe you need to start doing Steve. I know. I've got one ball. Miranda, <laughs> come on. Yeah, Miranda, it's so... what about when she's they're in the bedroom together and she realizes that when she finds the condom and she's like what is yeah that he hooked up with somebody and he's like well Miranda (laughs) you broke my heart she's like you don't have to say bye Steve and she like or like don't think I won't be crying on the train like what is going on (laughs) (laughs) but true to life there are horrible people in the real world so I was like Miranda has kind of turned into a horrible person anyways this all leads to this is just a quick pop in she's gonna do a full episode um, probably in the next couple of months before her show guys this show I have seen this show it's called doing all right it is a one woman show that originated uh, over at the groundlings I believe I mean she originated she wrote it and things like that. But this thing has taken on a life of its own. She is just coming back from like doing 10 shows at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, which is, I mean, I, I've known about the Fringe Festival since I was like a high school theater geek. What was that experience like? Ryan, it was the craziest experience of my entire life. Leading up to it, I cannot put into words. I could do I could do a seven episode, 10 episode podcast about this alone. It's so much work. There's so many things that you don't know when you get on the ground. The theaters are are not real real theaters. They're like makeshift theaters. So I was actually performing in a 400-year-old building where the king used to eat. So there's no air conditioning. There is um, there's not really a stage. Um, we lost electricity one night, so I did half the show in the dark. Um, you just you nothing can prepare you for it, but that the magic of it in tune, you just become this force of a performer because you're, you're, you're every night is a, has different struggles. And because they're makeshift theaters and mine, at least I was so forced to connect with the audience that some of the reviews that I got, which I was so thrilled about said that they felt that I was talking directly to them. And that for me was everything because it felt like I was Having well, you were sitting you. on one per you were you were sitting on their laps pretty much. Basically, the, I think, it was very yes. tight. Yeah, it's, it's just tight. So <laughs> it was magical, and and it's just it has it's taken on a life of its own, and I'm so proud of it. Where we, I just got back from Pittsburgh and sold out, which was one yeah, of my like you're, so you're, you you did like Pitts. You did Pittsburgh, then you did the morning show. You're going on like morning shows, doing impersonations. You're taking the show back to the Groundlings, I think October 4th. Is that right? October 10th. So if you're in LA, please October come. October 10th. And then I hear this rumor that you're going to be in New York, potentially in February for a run of doing all right, which is just, I mean, I'm in New York right now and this city is so magical and I just think how amazing, but also we were talking right, right before is that I think a lot of people think this is all glamorous, but you know, there is so much blood, sweat and tears put into this love that we have for these things that we do. And I've, you know, I've, I've supported you and and seen this show from conception to where it is now. And it's just amazing. But you work your ass off for this. I work my ass off. And you know, I mean, that's why I, when I first met you, why I adored you so much is that I felt that you do the same thing, right? You're hustling all the time. And this has really become my life, this show. And I'm 
so incredibly brought to my knees with it all that every audience it's hitting. It's and then yes, going to New York. And that's really the dream is to get there, tour it. You know, I my big dream is to develop it to a television series, but you have to put every ounce of your life in this. And it's physically and mentally and emotionally exhausting, but so rewarding. You know, you I mean, you just it's it's you. I'm sure you wake up some days and you're like, oh my God. I, you know, you're like, I'm tired. You every, don't every, to, every, day, every day, every day now, yeah. anyway, you know, but at the same time, you're, it's, but it is weird. It's like running that marathon every day. And then when you put the show to bed, you're like, okay, good. And then it starts back up tomorrow. And what's interesting, and you have to deal with this all the time is then shouting your own self out on social media, promoting, asking friends to come. That's the stuff that I don't think I, I can never get used to. And I really admire the people that can do that so easily and freely. But for me, it is so sometimes soul crushing and grating because you just want to, you just want to do this and put it out and just magically have people find it. It's the truth. And you don't want to have to, you know, the, and the, the, the beauty of Instagram is that you have supportive people, right? You have supportive community. I have a supportive community. We support each other, but there's also, you're up against a beast that you can't control, which is the beast of the algorithm. So just because you post <laughs> something or you have a lot of followers doesn't mean that it's nece- necessarily going to get seen. So it's a constant slog, but I, I just, yeah. I, you know, but it's it's also how rewarding to be able to have something in a business that you have no control over. And I think for yeah. me and for you, you you drive the ship as much as you can. And yeah, then you're yeah. like that was, a, you know, seeing your show, you get to you got to tell your story. This is her story of her life, you guys. And there's a couple of specific things that it really kind of like nails in on that I think are great. But it is you it is just you up there. And, you know, there are impressions. It is hysterical, but there are touching moments as well. This is stuff that really happened in your life. And I think that's interesting. But like, is it hard for you to shut it off in the sense that are you already thinking about the second show? Are you already I mean, are you continually adding to this show? Yeah. And in, so it's just cut and changed and tightened and added and additions and explaining things more. And that was the cool thing about doing that in Edinburgh is that you realize is that LA and New York are such specific places, right? It's America. It is a very American show because you're dealing with debt, divorce, familial trauma, things that are, you know, there, there, there's a lot of America yeah. stuff. And when you take it to another country, you realize on night one, you have to explain stuff more, but then that stuff that you expand and explain on kind of still lives on because it's funny and then you're exp- you're getting more Yeah, specific. yeah, yeah. But it's it it really has tightened and changed in the additions. I'm 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 just so I'm having so much fun with it. But yeah, my brain doesn't shut off. I'm constantly thinking, okay, what is my next show gonna be? What is the next thing I'm gonna do? And I love this so much yeah. of getting on stage, it now feels like home to me. Well, I mean, listen, you're coming to New York uh, potentially in February. And li- I listen, I just saw a one-man show on Broadway, I think is, is comedian Alex Edelman called oh, yeah. Just For Us. And it closed. And it was so brilliant. But I, then I was reading about him and he'd been doing this show for years. He'd been yeah. doing this show. And I was just like, how amazing. But what a long journey and, and what a long journey that you're on right now. And it's just so exciting to see this 
get better and better and bigger and bigger. But thank you so for always being so great to this show. You guys, I reached out to her like I was like, hey, do you want to do a quick bit of this? And she was like, yes. And I was like, amazing. There was no begging involved. Um, but I need you to come back on before you launch in New York and do a full hour with me and geek out about pop culture and everything Please. going on with the show that's probably going to happen in the next couple of months because I'm sure more and more will happen. Um, how else do we support you? Uh, get, find me on Instagram, please, at Nicole Travolta and TikTok, please, all my Gen Z babies. And Ryan, <laughs> I adore you. You never have to beg. I'm so grateful for you and, and you are always so supportive and I'm happy to be able to support you. When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going, but there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S dot com. Okay, you guys, I'm, I'm starstruck about our next guest because I just watched his stand-up special on Netflix. It is called 37 and Single. Uh, he is the host of Betch's amazing podcast, You Up and The Bachelor. Um, this dude does it all. He is sitting across from me now. I'm trying not to sweat profusely. Um, but here he is, the one, the only Jared Free. Jared, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. This is such a pleasure. I'm sure, yeah. I'm sure I'm, it's an I'm amazing so pleasure. Pumped. No, it is always. Um, I was watching 37 and single and right out of the gates, I, I was just, I was like, this dude's so smart. I've been married and divorced already mm. and you are 37 and single and you were saying it almost like a negative way that, that you're too picky. And I'm like, stay that way. Right. <laughs> I don't think it's negative. I think it's more to say, like to admit that like, these are my problems. These are my, these are my insecurities of leaving the house and how you become more, you know, <laughs> zoned into what you think, you know, you yeah. like. And sometimes that's, you know, we talk about it on you up all the time. You need like a mix of like romanticism and cynicism when it comes to dating. You have to be yeah. like, uh, you have to want to leave the house is a pretty romantic decision. <laughs> You know, like it's optimistic. It's optimistic. as you get older right. to want to leave the house. Right. Do you, oh, let me go to this place that's new. Let me walk down this street that I've never walked down before. As you get older, you do that less and less. You become more protective. But you also, you know, you got to force yourself to do that. But also you want to be cynical. You, you don't want to just go out with anybody and go, you know, you can't sit there going six months in with someone at 37 <laughs> saying, we're just having fun because you know it might not be fun for them oh and my God. they're thinking of the future. Kim Kardashian today, there was a, a little TMZ article that uh, she's potentially hanging out with Odell Beckham Jr. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, you know, and no offense, I'm older, but like 40 years old to have a article put out there that they're hanging out. Right. I guess there's might be a difference because, and then we have to admit to like the difference of these things. Like she's in her 40s or 40 years old with kids, been yeah. through marriage, yeah. has her own business, you know, like is, 
is done yeah. as far as kids and and getting to that part of life and going through like the pickups and the PTA and the you know all that stuff. I'm not saying Kim Kardashian's like the head of the PTA meeting, but like you know maybe those things are off her mind and the you know the uh, that part of life she's not waiting on. Yeah, and I think like that's a big part if you're 37 single, never married, no kids. You go. I do want the next part of life. I am a little bit, you know, hang out with my, my friends are doing, you know, have new friends yeah. and I'm hanging out with another generation that I really don't relate to as much, you know, all those things. And you're like, how do I move forward? But I don't want to move forward with, you know, in the wrong situation that it will make me less happy than I am today, which is pretty happy. That's the thing about 37 and single. I'm happy. I can yeah. go to a bar on my own. I, I have a lifestyle I like. I, you know, I travel. I go, you know. I And you're confident in the things you don't like. Exactly. You so, say if there's a DJ at a bar, right. you're, you're out of there. Time to go. Time to go. I'm not going to sit here and go, well, maybe they're the next, you know, <laughs> modest mouse. I don't know. Modest <laughs> Is that a DJ? Uh, dead mouse. Dead, dead mouse. mouse. It's really yeah, close. Yeah. It's in a mouse family. Right. We, uh, but you're confident in your own choices. Right. But like, as you get older, I wonder where that heads from there. Well, you head towards weirdo land, you know, like that's kind of the, that's the fear for men is that you're now old guy at a bar. Like, yeah. Then it gets scary for other people to right. watch you You're like, oh, don't you become a warning, you know? <laughs> it's just a, a halo of negativity around you. Right. Well, sort. we just had Gary, the golden bachelor on you up and he yeah. was so great, but he, we were like, I asked him, I was like, what was your frustrations with being single? Because he was single before he went on the bachelor. Like, what was it like? Being a guy he in your seventies, his whole life. No, he was married. His okay. wife tragically passed away, and then he had some single time, and now he's on the Golden Bachelor. So I was like, I no one, everyone always references his his wife passing. Everyone talks about him, this new journey and dating. But he, I was like, I was more interested, like, what's dating like when you're seventy and uh, you want to find someone? And he was like, he brought up some like kind of depressing, but like very real <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. items. So he was like, I want to play cards with my friends, but you need, you know, it's a game for couples. And he's like, I can't play in the couples game. And I'm like, yeah. And I said to him, I go, I'm sure they are assuming, well, you're off doing single guy things now. You don't want to yeah. play the card game with the couples, but he does. Yeah. Well, and, you know, you, you, I think that's a big part of like what you're looking for is like, oh, I'm, I want to do the things I... I want to do the older of age things. I don't want to be at nightclub with people I don't know. I want yeah. to be comfy cozy in this group of people. And it's like, I do, you know, sometimes the cost of admission is like, yeah, I have a partner. Well, I mean, so Golden Bachelor is fascinating because I, I've kind of like tapped out a little bit on The Bachelor over the mm. last couple of seasons because I was like, oh, I just feel like I'm supporting their Instagram careers mm. eventually. And then The Golden Bachelor really is like already I'm like, ooh, I'm in. I love this. It's But it's the same thing. It's 22 women right. and The Golden Bachelor. I, I think uh, I've heard that a lot from people that they're like coming back to the show and I kind of <laughs> like it. It feels like I stayed and worked at the high school and now all the alumni are coming back. <laughs> you know, like because people all there there was this hatred of the bachelor and i you know i guess i never saw it that way as like i to me instagram's a part of it it's not all of it like yeah, i but I, how much tummy tea is there to be sold right well that's the point is like i think like you know you i i think it's part of the storyline to me the bachelor was a petri dish and you put in the different things and you see how they react to, uh, yeah. against one another so in that scenario with the petri dish you go okay 
Instagram is one thing that's being kind of floated in there. Social media. I'm going to, I'm here to get a podcast. And I don't think that pot of gold even exists anymore. So that's even interesting. Yeah. How about these people who came on to get Instagram followers yeah, where there's no Instagram followers to be I had? I know. That's an interesting, there was it, just last season, there was one of the guys that, you know, tried to like, you could tell he was trying to be a, a personality. It didn't work. And it was kind of weird to watch him try for that. Yeah. Not unknowingly too late. You're, you're, you're looking for the punch bowl and the party's already cleaned up. Well, I mean, I started with Bachelor when it was like Bachelor Bob Guinea, you mm -hmm, know, like when it was mm -hmm. like pre, almost pre-social media to what right. it is today. And it, I mean, I hate to say it was like, I'm a purist. Like it was so innocent and pure <laughs> back then, you know? Right. But it's again, that's the, the Petri dish is the same. It's yeah. 30 women, one man, 30 men, one women, woman. And then you get the golden Bachelor and you go, ooh, different same Petri dish. <laughs> different age. Different variables. Yes. And I think what excites people is the idea that you have these, you know, people who don't think of the cameras as much. I think that's a big part of it. You need reality in your reality TV. Yeah, exactly. When it becomes too self-aware, that's when the show kind of like jumps the shark, I think. And if you look at like Vanderpump rules, like Vanderpump comes back because a real thing happened on a reality show. A breakup. Yeah. You know, a cheating scandal. Yeah. So you go, oh, people now get drawn back to it. That's not because the characters were any better people or more. Not, a, not at they, all. The storyline was more interesting. Yeah. You know, and I think that's what drew people back. And, you know, now, you know, Jordan and I were talking about on You Up recently. I think this past week we were just talking about how, like, a lot of these reality shows are going to start having people doing the breakup live. You know, yeah. because they go, there's a pot of gold. Here. It works. There's incentive. It Oh, if you can mine trauma and, but well, even the golden bachelor, you just said, you know, he has this tragic story about his wife passing away. Part of the bachelor and the bachelorette is you'll hear usually the contestants trying to impress the bachelor mm -hmm. or bachelorette with revealing something hugely tragic. Mm -hmm. And I'm now curious what they're going to bring to him to match his story almost. Right. Yeah. I, I, I would assume that, yeah, I I'm excited for that. And it's a different story. You know, I would assume you're going to hear about a spouse who passed away. You're going to hear about cheating. You're going to hear about divorce. You're going to hear about how, especially, you know, again, this is, I don't, you know, this is a generalization, but at the same time, it's probably a true one. I was uh, a housewife and I had to go back into the workforce after a divorce. Like that's yeah. a real thing, real story, but these are new stories. I know, these I'm are totally stories. here yeah, for yeah, that. Yeah, that's yeah. so exciting. I mean, do they have, I mean- do they have the fantasy suite still? I mean, is it like, does it get lascivious? We stayed away from that question because I felt like, I felt like the the one thing I see all the time is like everyone going to Gary being like, <laughs> you gonna fuck? Hey, old man, you gonna take my eyebrows? So I was like, I think we want to like, I think like that joke is there to be made. I, 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 I'm, I'm interested to see what happens in a fantasy suite situation. Um, But I, you know, again, that's like, you know, I don't know. It's just, I, I'm sure they're going to have them, but I'm sure that's a, di to me, they've changed the tenor of the fantasy suite. It's less like off to the room to do the fucking. And now it's more like time without the cameras. Like they've kind of yeah, changed. Yeah. 
how well, they like talk they, about it. They used to let people get shit can wasted, mm. and then you had like you know people falling into the pool and stuff. Right. And now you can only have like what like a drink an hour or something the, like that. That's the claim. The yeah, cl- yeah, the claim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I listen. I've tried to do that for myself and never it's, worked. It's not. Yeah. Fu- it's not fun. No, not I a fun. I don't recommend night. it. Um, yeah, it is uh, something that I am excited to watch though. In just terms of relationships, like you said, it is interesting. 37 and single, it's interesting to see somebody in their 70s and single. Well, this is why I like The Bachelor. 37 and single, I talk about dating stuff all the time, and I think The Bachelor is like WWE wrestling. Like, we know it's fake, but you still got to jump off the top rope. You still got to take the bumps. You still got to get hit by the chair. So first date, second date, day, uh, meeting the parents, fantasy suite, getting dumped, first kiss. It's all there. Yeah. Whether it turns into a marriage or not, who knows, but... You're, you have to go through that on camera. That's the fun of the show. Um, another big part of 37 and Single, which everybody seems to insanely love, is the ick. Yes. You know, you I, I associate the ick not with you, like, it, sure. you know, just personally, but just the actual bringing and talking of the ick. Will you explain to the audience, even though they know already, what is getting the ick? So the ick was explained to me as someone goes on a date with a guy. He does one thing. She never wants to fuck him ever. <laughs> that's it plain and simple yeah. and i first heard of this i know it's a love island word sure um but the way i presented on the special and the way it happened a friend of mine was like ah, a guy was wearing khakis i'd never fuck a guy in khakis and i was like i don't relate to that so <laughs> i think the things that are fun to talk about in stand-up are things you don't relate to and it's you discovering or it's you getting angry by something yeah and this was something where I'm like purely fascinated. I, I it's really a, it really is fascinating because everybody has a different one. Everyone has a different one. And I, what I love about the ick is it's like and, you know, you have to live in the reality of like one woman's ick is another woman's husband. <laughs> if you can't live in that, then it's not that fun anymore. <laughs> like you're just trying to like trash someone. Yeah, because what I found was so I went on the road and I'm doing shows and I would get to the bit. And at first, a bit for me is just a lot of talking and not a lot of funny. So I was like, I was like, my friend, she wouldn't have sex with a guy because he wore khakis. I was like, has anyone ever ever gotten like the ick? And you see women's eyes light up. And then so I started going around the room. Hey, does anyone have a good ick? And you got, I started like kind of crowdsourcing them. And then what I loved about them is that they're ridiculous and reasonable at the same time. Is that you, I think, and, and then I started thinking, why is it that all these women get icks? And I think it's a lot of societal shit. Like, and we see it. I hear about it on the podcast, like you're told, go on the date, go meet the guy, go meet the date. Yeah. I'm not told that as a single guy <laughs> very often. Is it's is she hot? Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I what I came to realize is that like if you're being told go on the date, and if you're also told that you're not trying. I think a lot of the women that write into you up, you know, one of the things is like you, you want to have a right to complain about dating. And the only way you have a right is if you've gone on all the dates that someone's thrown at you. <laughs> if you put in the hours. Right. And and that's not fair. Yeah. It's truly not fair. And I'm not put in that position, but I can when you think of it that way, you go, "Oh, I understand why you, someone got w- was trying for a friend because an aunt told them that you got to <laughs> be on the apps unless you, to, to actually try that they get then they go on a date where the person checks some boxes, but not all of them. And they're kind of not sure if they want to be there. And then the guy does one thing, like, say, okie dokie. And she's like, I could never. No, 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 no. That's it. Straw that broke the camel's back. It's over. Son of a bitch. Right. Okie dokie. That's why it's so fun. Because it's like, 
and whenever women would tell me their icks, you could see like the the half smirk of like you feel the energy on watching the Netflix special. You you right. feel the room light up, right. and that must be exciting for you even as a stand up and a performer. Like every night to be able to feel that everybody wants to say their icks. Totally. You and and I ended up doing a thing where I went to the cellar and I was just like I put a mic in the middle of the room. I was like, <laughs> tell me your icks, and yeah, the more specific the the better. And you know it's. It's funny to me because we live a real world life and then we live an internet world life. And you see the comments from like men on the internet who can't have fun with it. And it's like the most self-conscious kind of worst type of internet person. It's like, it, it almost like is a good way to find out who sucks on the internet is to like have women <laughs> say reasons they didn't fuck a guy. And it's like, what's up with women today? Yeah. And you're like, why can't I have a fish in my, 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 uh, dating profile? Right. Why can't it's I hold like, a fish? You can, yeah. you know, like no one's telling you this is one person, one person's attraction. One person <laughs> is the next person. Yeah. yeah. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So, the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. You're doing family business tour right yeah. now, which does revolve around your family, I believe, which you guys need to make sure you stay around for the very end of 37 and single where it's backstage with yeah. his parents. And it really is truly amazing. It's You're a, about to go to a sold out show. Right. And they're just like, oh, he always poses weird in photos. Right. They're giving me shit. It's I mean, amazing. like, it's just, you know, it's funny because, um, you know, at the I put hidden cameras in the green room. <laughs> And my parents didn't know it was going to be on, uh, that they were on until two days before it premiered on Netflix. Oh, for real? Yeah. Did they flip out or did they love it? They were like, what? And I go, you're in the special, you're in the credits. They're like, no, Jared, come on, what? And they didn't know what it was. And I'm not going to embarrass my parents. I don't think I did. But no, I think, it's so yeah, it's good. fun. It's, it's loving. It's, like but it's really how the, fi the family dynamic works. And so I kind of had considered, now I'm starting to talk about it as like, it's like the Marvel post credit scene. <laughs> That previews the yeah. next movie. Yeah, Iron Man shows up. Yeah. Right. Yeah. This is, yeah, yeah, my mom and dad are Iron Man <laughs> showing up. And they, um, and now on the road, and, you know, I think like, you know, you mentioned like Groundlings before yeah. and, and doing improv, doing anything on stage. It's like, it takes a lot of guts to do anything on stage, but it takes guts to like take a chance that you're, like the just take any chance on stage. Once you're used to being on stage and you you get used to it, you get used to being funny in a certain way and then you feel locked into that type of funny yeah. because you're like, well, maybe this other way won't work and now I got to like relearn how to ride the bike again and what that you know, the story about going to McDonald's, the story about like the Jewish woman at the Delta Sky Club at the end of the special, like these are all like bits that I would do like only if I felt super comfortable at a show. And then the more I worked on them, the more they became my like most fun and yeah. loved things after the show. It's the things that people would talk to me about the most. So it kind of pushed me. And then I put that little post credit scene with my parents. And, you know, the way people would talk about it was the way I want people to talk about my stand up. So I had this story from maybe 
it's pre-pandemic maybe. I went to the beach with my parents and it could have been a one sentence joke. Yeah. And the more I kept talking about going to the beach with my parents, the more I got that feeling again, like, oh, I'm really connecting with this. So then I started talking about my dad and talking about my relation with my dad. And then I started talking about my mom. And then I started making the through line was this whole trip to the beach. And it's been pretty unbelievable, like how much people are into it. I'm going to Atlanta tomorrow to do the first theater show for it. It's definitely like a more of a theater. And moving from, you know, clubs to theaters, that's that's a kind of a huge leap. Huge leap. Uh, clubs are just, I love doing a club. I love a stand-up club. I love working on material there. That's a place where it's a little bit more messy. It's a little bit more, you know, you can stop, talk to the crowd. They're bringing out the checks. You know, the waitresses are there, the waiters. Uh, there's a different dynamic. I did it, I actually did this, new material in a vineyard in Connecticut. Why, yeah, wouldn't, yeah. why wouldn't you? It was a big tented vineyard. And it was the first time I did it where there wasn't like the club stuff I had to deal with. You know, you have to deal with, you know, give it up for the wait staff and, you know, and make sure you tip and, oh, they're bringing your checks and all these things. If you've been to a show at a comedy club, you understand. And you can feel either the audience fully with you or aggression a lot easier at a club than a theater? At a club, I guess, I guess I don't know yet. Yeah. would be the okay. honest answer. Yeah, no, 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 no. But, I, right. but I would say, it, it, you know, the club just offers more speed bumps. Got it. Fun speed bumps. Don't get me wrong. Like, listen, you'll be at a club and I'll get on, hey, Jared Fried, and I, I'm at the Comedy Cellar and someone the other night, I, she was like excited for me. I think she knew who I was yeah. and she goes, <gasps> And I'm like, it was so loud that like the whole audience, like I'm not famous, you know? So <laughs> I have to acknowledge someone really likes me while also acknowledging the rest of the room has no fucking clue who I am. But that's a beautiful gift in a way, right? A little bit of a, you have to, as you know, yeah. in improv, that is a gift. That's, yeah. that's the best gift in the world. Yeah. Everything's a gift. So she screams out and I go and I look at her, I go, Give it up for my mom, everybody. You know, like a very yeah. easy joke, but it's a skill to get to where I want to go on stage. So I'm not saying she's old. I'm saying my mom would be the only that one in the world that that encouraged. Exactly. Yeah. So then I'm like starting my set. So I got that out of the way in my mind, done. And then I turn to the crowd and she goes, I'm not that old. <laughs> And it's like, okay, right. Now she's back. Now we got to play this new game. You know, this is another gift. And I go, and she goes, I'm not that old. I'm 31. I'm single. And I'm like, it sounds like she's doing a reading of her Bumble profile. So then I go to the front. I go, I'm 31. I'm looking for someone. I like Sudoku. And like, I make this whole rant on it. I put it up on my Instagram. And it was like, again, like when you're in a theater, and everyone there is there because they're there for the Jared Free Show and not necessarily the comedy show. Yeah. You know, there's a different vibe. Perform for us. Yes. So when I did it in the vineyard, it was the first time I had like a straight hour to just like not, you know, nothing else would happen but the show. And it was like, it, I was like, oh, this is like, this is a piece. So it's really cool to like, Start thinking about it like a piece. Right. You know? As one, instead of like joke, 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 it's one hour of a story. 
That's uh, I mean a lot of people. I was talking uh, about this with somebody today of of people romanticizing. Like I think I romanticize stand up. Mm. You know, it's like you guys are you, you're grinding it out, and it's like. But at the same time, you're like, wow, these guys were like titans. You know, like I grew up, you know, loving stand ups and thinking about like just people getting in there like three clubs a night, bam, mm-hmm, bam, bam, mm-hmm. like trying to get their at bats. You know, right. and what is it like grinding that out to get to a point where you're at now? I mean, do people romanticize that of like, oh, it's been so easy for you not realizing the work that you've put in to get to this point? Um, you know, it's it's tiring, you know, like and it's also hard because you have to change. You have to change and change is hard as anyone as anyone knows. But it's like you have to like I have to go like even the other night, my dad is on the phone with me like. I did the Netflix special. My dad's like, you got to take a night off. I, I've been Thanks, 13 Dad. years. I was doing like three spots a night for, you know, running around New York City doing from open mics. I, I, I think if someone was to say, oh, Jer- I would have a reputation of doing a lot of stand up. Yeah. And even in open mics, who's doing the most? I, I think I was in that group. Um, so and then you go to do shows at clubs and then it's like, OK, I got to replace the open mic time that I'm practicing with the club time. But I got to be good at the clubs and I can't bomb. So where am I going to get that time to do the new stuff? So maybe, so at a certain point you started all open mics, then you go to the clubs and now I got to do half open mics, half clubs. Then I get enough club (laughs) spots where I can just make those my practice times. Then I get in the cellar and you start hosting there and it's like, okay, you got to do good every night. And then you get a Netflix special and you go... Uh, okay, well, where's this, the practice time coming from? <laughs> With like Hulu? Yeah. Right. <laughs> so it's, it's, so again, like I need to like figure out my work process over and over again. I don't know if every business has to do that so quickly. Yeah. Like I, you know, I have to figure out what is my workflow over and over again. So I, I again, like tonight I'll do two spots. Last night I did two. Um, I'm taking, you know, Thursday, I'm doing the show in Atlanta and then Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I'm going to hang with my parents in Boca. Like I, I need the for, time for there. Material. Not even, not right even to hang out with that. I just even, right. I, I just was need thinking them about to yell that. I was like, they knew two days before the Netflix special premiered that they're on it. Like, I have a feeling you've sold a sitcom already and they're going to find out right. right as it hits on like <laughs> I, I wish that were true. I, um, it was funny though. Like I was in Providence. Their, their friends came. I got them seats or no, they just bought tickets. My parents are like, you're going? They're like, yeah, we're going tonight. Like, that's like where it's gotten to. And they came and we, um, they loved it. They were like, and, but then, you know, and it's funny because like their friends are there taking pictures of me taking pictures with people in the audience. Like the friends <laughs> came, the friends bought tickets because they know my parents or maybe because I don't know if they, they didn't even like me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they love your parents. Love though. my yeah. parents enough to buy tickets to my show. Then they came. I think they had a fun time, but then they're just there taking pictures of me taking pictures. That's of great to get a picture of you getting a picture taken of you. Right. That, that is to uh, show my parents. Look at these idiots taking a picture with your son. <laughs> so the uh, family business tour 
at theaters. You can buy tickets online, obviously. Another great bit of 37 and Single that I really related to, unfortunately, was night eating. Yes. Um, and you have this amazing story during the pandemic of being locked out of your parents' place because yes. you were going in to like make poo-poo platters. Right. And the thing that I was found um, upsetting is that you would do poo-poo platters and then you'd be like, oh, I'll take it upstairs or take it to your 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 bedroom. I, I do the night eating right there in the fridge. Right. right. It's by, even sadder. By candlelight, by fridge light. Exactly. Yeah. Just like the settlers used to do. Yes, back but in the you, day. You will make a poo-poo platter and take it to your room. Yeah. I, I, I my, my whole life. But also... That changed. I was living with uh, you know, with my girlfriend at the time, and I remember doing it at the fridge. You know, it changes based on your circumstance. <laughs> yeah, because you the shame go back. of like, right. yeah, the shame of her watching her then boyfriend f- feed himself right in the bed. It's a, it's a shameful act. It really, nighttime eating, and it's like, and it's also like I call it an addiction because I don't have that much of a control over it. So. Or I like to have more control over it than I do, you know? So it is funny to see because when I first started talking about nighttime eating, I could see that half the crowd related, half the crowd had no relation, but they were pointing at the person that related. (laughs) So, you know, what a great night for that person. Right. And I could see this is an embarrassment. Like this is huge. You seem weaker. You seem like, you have to give an answer my whole life. What are you doing? Why are you hungry? <laughs> What's going I don't on? Know, I What's don't going know. on during the day that you right. need this at night? Right. What didn't you eat dinner? These are questions you get when you late night eat. And it's like it is such a mental thing. It is such a hard thing to like figure out. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I I don't know. It was nice to like. I, I'm not sitting here trying to find my angle with people. Like I'm not like. <laughs> Like, I, I see that with some comics and it gets annoying where it's like, they're just going to take the other opinion on whatever the story of the day is, you know, whether it's, you know, bath, you know, all gender bathrooms or, you know, whatever the hot topic is, yeah. they'll go, I, there's a mathematical equation they're doing. I, I, I don't really, I'm not smart enough to get into those topics. I don't think I don't have enough confidence. So I just... Uh, you know, talk about something I'm going through, and I'm and if I see people go ah, I'm like, all yeah. right, we'll keep going down that road. You know, like I I've been talking a lot about my mom is horrible at pictures, and like I even did it last night. I've been dancing around this joke. My mom's bad at pictures, and just talking about that, and whenever she takes a picture, and like I have the first line, I don't have the final line, but I got a bunch of lines that I've been doing in different order and different angles and I keep doing it. And now that's like the different part of standup for me. Now it used to be, I'd go up on stage and I'd be like, I, I don't know if any of this is going to work. Now I know the lines will all work. I just yeah. don't know what, what way I'm positioning it. Do you ever find your parents now performing for you, almost trying to get in your act and you're like, this isn't no, genuine. This is not genuine. No, no, well, that was the go- So when we did the hidden cameras at the special taping, the whole, my thought was that we'd get my parents yelling at me in the green room, and then it would immediately smash cut to me on stage going, I'm 37 and single, which I thought was very funny. Yeah. But, so we got this, so Mike Lavin, who's who made the special, Homeless Pimp, he's great. He was like, okay, so we're going to put the hidden cameras in the green room. I was like, thank you. That's great. He goes, what if they don't say anything? 
And I go, he goes, do you want us to like get some lines together that they could read afterwards? I go, no, that is, <laughs> Got this. they, they will, no, 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 that is, they will be horrible. If they're, ha if they're acting, it won't, it'll be so bad that we could never. Yeah. He goes, okay, well, if we don't get it, we don't, I go, we'll get it. My mom walks into the green room and you see it. The minute she walks in, she goes, it's a dungeon in here. <laughs> it was so good. It was so. That was her what, opening line. What like a she's, great, and what a great descriptor for right. a backstage of a comedy club. Right. Like, or and a theater. The theater, it's Gramercy Theater and it yeah. looks like a dungeon. She's yeah. right. But it was like, the minute she said that, I was like, oh. And then they like, they left the green room and I remember he came out to me. He's like, oh my God, you weren't kidding. Like that was wild. And I'm like, because we have stuff that we're like, yeah, that's not going to go in there, you know, like yeah. <laughs> my parents are saying. It's like, who? No, 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 no. But um, it is, uh, you know, if they read it, it just wouldn't be the same. Yeah, yeah. That's why when I'm in Boca, when I go visit them, I'm like, there are moments where um, my mom's like, stop taping. Yeah, that I, I used time. to get that from my parents, too, of just like, don't film me. Right. Don't secretly film me. Right. I secretly filmed her a couple of times because <laughs> people enjoyed it. Yeah. But then it became every time you're not filming. Or right. even if I just held my phone casually, she'd always think it was on. Right. It, 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 yeah, my mom will do this thing where she'll laugh. She'll go. She'll laugh and then go, are you filming? <laughs> like she'll know. We just did a bit, you know? <laughs> um, uh, how long have you been in the city itself? I moved here in 2007 after college. I graduated Penn State and I moved directly here uh, to like do, you know, I sold life insurance. When did stand up become? I started doing it like 25 and that was like 2010. And I started doing everything. I kind of considered it grad school. Yeah. So I took improv, I took sketch writing, I went to like all the, you know, UCB and Chicago City Limits and I took a storytelling class and I met up with stand-ups. I would go, you know, hang at a club and just try to like talk to stand-ups. I ended up like hiring a stand-up comic to like give me advice, you know, wow. like all that stuff. So you hit it like hard immediately. Immediately. And and you know, I think that's also something that like pushes comics away. You know, I think that's hard in the beginning as they go Oh, what are you? What are you trying to game this system? Because comics are very like sensitive to that. Yeah. I think like of someone like entering a world with a, you know, I with a business brain. You know, like I think people want to believe. Yeah. I think people in comedy generally want to believe. Ah, oh, this is just my power that I can't help but have. And it's like, no, it has to be worked on. Yeah, it has to be learned. It has to be, you know, thought into. It has to be exactly. You have to think of the marketing and the branding. And and if you're not, like, do you want to do this as a career? Like, I wanted to do this the rest of my life. So, the thought of like, how do I make this a career while also being my genuine self in my comedy, has always been the goal. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, I, I used to teach at an acting school and it was the same thing is you know, people were like, well, isn't that cheating if you're getting coached on acting? And it's like, wait, this isn't some, some kind of weird alchemy that happens that right. you're just able to act. Is that like these you do work on things, you know, the things you do need somebody suggesting and giving ideas and bouncing things off. Absolutely. That's where art actually happens. Yeah, I think a lot of people are they they come in with a pre-existing notion of what it is and can't let go of that. Like, especially if you're like a fan growing up, I was never like a fanboy of stand up. Like yeah. I was always just like, I like comedy. I like funny things. I like making my friends laugh. Like it's as genuine as that. I like when getting a laugh, like I've always liked getting a laugh. Um, you know, there's some people I would meet, I'll be like, oh, you just loved 
uh, you know, one George Carlin CD, you know, <laughs> and it's like, and, and to them, George Carlin was this, you know, again, he's a genius, yeah. not, not to say he's not a genius, but at the same time, like he didn't just come out of the womb, you know, doing limericks the way he was doing. Late in life. <laughs> yeah. Could you imagine? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's, uh, you know, I think, yeah, I've really just kind of enjoyed like steering the ship. Yeah. It'll be really exciting to see what happens with the theaters and how that feeling is. I mean, that seems like to be a huge inflection point for where you're headed for this whole next level. Yeah. I, I mean like the, the story about going to the beach with my family, like I do like believe it's like, I've gotten responses from it that are different than like 37 single. Those are all jokes. I love They're all true stories, all things that happen to me, all things, all my original thoughts and feelings and about being single, about going to gender reveal parties, about, you know, friends in different parts of life, all light night eating. It's all true and good. This feels more me. And, yeah. um, this feels like my type of, uh, comedy. And it's like, you know, there, there was like a Seinfeld quote, you know, I always find these quotes and you find a way to relate them to yourself, but there was like a sign, like your age in comedy is your age, years in comedy is your age. So it's like, if you're eight years in, <laughs> yeah, you're yeah, eight yeah. years old, you know, now I'm 13 years old. Oh, maybe I'm becoming a man. Maybe this is my bar mitzvah year. You know, I don't know. <laughs> Um, but, I was watching Seinfeld the other week and I was just thinking, God, what a missed opportunity. I would have loved to have seen the Seinfeld cast if it was filmed today on, would Jerry be on the apps? Would, right. you know, any of that stuff. Sorry to interrupt you. No, just, you I, said Seinfeld I, and I was like, I was just watching this wondering, God, I wonder if they're still single in this day and age. No, that's like a big thing of like, you know, the compliments I got on the special was like, oh, this is like, oh, this feels like the kind of how judgy Seinfeld was. And it's like, yeah, he, if he lived in today's time, maybe he would have the same judgments as I do. Yeah, that's what I mean, that's what I'm saying. You guys, if you haven't seen the special, go check out the special because there were so many times. I mean, I was watching this on an airplane. John Stamos was like over and I was like trying to uh, laugh really loud to get John Stamos to look at me because he was so he was so good looking at 60 years old that it yeah. really frustrated me. So I wanted to show him that I was having a he great really time. He really is gorgeous. Yeah. He kept going up to go to the bathroom and I just, it was like he was parading himself in front of us. <laughs> he was all like, tiny and lithe. I just, but I was like, ah, <laughs> but then I was like, this is really fucking funny. And it's like the, I, there were so many things that I was just like, yes, that's like your take on these things. And then it was like, everybody puts their own spin on it. But it's like, man, you, you've you been trying to lose 10 pounds your whole life. I've been trying to lose 30 pounds my whole <laughs> life. I was sitting there the other day, like the whole nighttime eating thing had me in such like hysterics. And I was the other week I was like, oh my God, I woke up. Do you ever do the wake up and then go do the poo poo platter? Or are you always up? Oh, I've done the wake up. Usually it takes about an hour of me debating. Yeah. Don't do it. Yeah, you know, if you do it, like it'll always be popcorn. It'd be like, have some popcorn. It's a fiber. It's you know, good you're gonna for you. Good yeah. for you. It's a low fat popcorn. But then I know in the back of my brain, one kernel means the second bag is being made. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. like so again, like I and I say, Jared, don't do it. You have one bag of popcorn, it's the second bag of popcorn. Don't do it. Don't do it. And then I go, have the one popcorn. Then I have the one and I go. As I'm making the second going, I knew it, you know, <laughs> so, like this was always coming. Because disappointment is part of it as you're actually doing it. Oh, absolutely. And then, it's uh, shameful. But I'll do the wake up and immediately go to the ice cream. Like it's like calls to me. So you like sweet? Well, not even that. It's just a lately the ice cream and then the ice cream happened the other night and I was, I didn't go to the fridge when I woke up, even though my initial thought, like I went to go and I was like, what are you doing? And I sat back down. And I patted myself on the back and I was like, you're not supposed to be fucking eating ice cream when you just wake up. Why are you patting? You're like, you just got it. ice cream breakfast. I was like, look at me, the strength that I have. <laughs>
finally, just really quick, uh, we have a rumor that Taylor Swift is now dating Travis Kelsey. Not a rumor. Because the brother the supposedly brother, confirmed it. Yeah, this is the brother said it's true. Do we like this? Do, we, I, do you have a take on Taylor Swift? I like her. I think yeah. uh, my take is always that she's the greatest business person of our generation. Like she, and she's also, she knows how to make herself, like here's, here's what we want generally right now. We want a company, a look, a brand to represent us to be our experience. No one has tapped into that better than Taylor Swift. The songs are my life, no matter your 15 year old woman, 30, 20 year old, 25, yeah. 30, 35, 40. Uh, Heartbreak is connective, you know? And I just think it's like, she's an amazing artist, don't get me wrong, but like she's also the spokesperson for Capital One Bank. <laughs> She so, re- yes, she does it all. Right. So you have to go, you know, when does the art begin in the capitalism? Be- you know, yeah, where, art end in the capitalism. Right. No one has married art and capitalism better than her. And no one considers her like a capitalist. No one considers. She put out a whole album that is Taylor's version. <laughs> Because to screw over another person she did business with. Is there anything more business, cutthroat, capitalistic than that? I mean, and she did it so well. Right. I mean, and people made- talk about her like, we have to fight for Taylor. As if, oh, yeah. As if there's her mortgage for the house on Watch Hill is on the line. <laughs> she needs us now right. more than ever. I just think it's so interesting. Like, you know, the, you know, she puts out a 10 minute hit piece on. Oh, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. He does that Jake Gyllenhaal music video. Yeah, all too and well. All too well claims, oh, I wrote this these words at the time. But if you go, like, look at the words, like, that can't be true. You know, you go, this was written a week ago. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't yeah. know. So, you, again, like, I'm in awe of her talent. I'm even more in awe of her business yeah. acumen. I mean, like, even the tour, like, it's the greatest, biggest tour of all time. I mean... People said it's three three and a half hours long. And that's I've, crazy. I've talked to many people that said, I loved every bit of it, but I got exhausted. Like I should, like I right. had to sit down because it's three and a half hours well, long. Well, then you think of like Kelsey. The, she has nothing to win from this. So no. she must like him. I see part of me thinks he's gonna blow it before it even really gets going because there's these little jokes now. His brother said something on like right. some rate, you know, thing. I feel like I almost get worried, like shut up, like let it like keep it secret. Yeah, well, the brother has a podcast with him. So again, ah, like there we again, go. you kind of have to follow the money. Like I, I feel for Taylor. I wonder if anything could ever what would what you date would you date Taylor Swift? Taylor comes to your family business tour. I, wants to meet you uh, just, and says, hey, before we even talk, would you go on a date with me? I'd go on a date with Taylor, of course. Yeah. But, you, you know, but again, that's probably the reason that it's so hard to be Taylor Swift and date. Because, like, I wouldn't be that. I wouldn't say, of course, about anyone. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, and yeah, I'm yeah. not saying I'm a, some yeah. hot ticket who someone it's hard to get a date with. I'm yeah. just saying, like, Taylor, like, you know. There's a, you know, I have a type. Taylor doesn't really fit the type that <laughs> Sorry, I usually date. I like curvy, uh, you know, brown-haired women. You know, like, she's not my type. But I'm like, I'm still here. But I'm like, oh, I gotta go on a date with Taylor. You can't. Yeah, right. Like, that's like, the I, power. I would waste her time. 
Do you know what I mean? Not yeah, to say we yeah, couldn't yeah. fall in love, but like this is the this is where I take Taylor's side in all relationships. Like to me, the 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 person that's like, why should we trust Travis Kelsey? Yeah, you know, like to yeah. me, it's like he's like, yeah, I'll go on a date with Taylor. Swift. Are you kidding me? <laughs> and you go, Travis, who are the other women you date? You see a bunch of women that look nothing like Taylor. You're like, okay, well, yeah. is you taking this seriously, or is it? A, are is she a novelty to you? Yeah, exactly. That's what I would be. If I was like Taylor's personal relationship coach, I would be like, how do you separate novelty from interest, lust, love? I, now I do want to see Jared Freed be Taylor Swift's relationship coach. I will do it free of charge. That's, whoa. That's, I, you're selling of, out theaters. Are you sure free I think of I'll have no problem selling a ticket being <laughs> Taylor's. It'll be the best marketing dollars that I've ever not spent, you know, got, got spent on me. I, I'll take the... You know what they say? Like, what do they say when uh, do it for the the? Oh, do it for the exposure. Exposure. Yeah. This is the most exposure play I could ever have. <laughs> Taylor Swift's dating coach. I think the U Up podcast would get a few more listeners <laughs> if I was Taylor <laughs> so. Taylor Swift's personal dating coach. Oh my god! I just love the fact that somebody potentially could have an ick with Taylor Swift. Like what? Like oh yeah, god! You smell course. like sour cream and onion chips. Like is there something that is <laughs> Don't like create rumors you can't back up? Or could we create rumors? Yeah, this sour would be great. cream and onion Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> um, you guys, if you want tickets to Jared's show, it's jaredfreed.com. You can hear them all over Betches, the U Up podcast. They are covering the Golden Bachelor on The Bachelor with our friend K York City and anything else. I mean, you were just too busy. You're going to do two uh, shows tonight. I'm gonna. I'm all jaredfreed.com. I'm in Jared Huntington, Long Island. I'm in Seattle, Philly. We added a second show. DC, Boston, Baltimore. I mean, you're Dania playing the Beach. Vic in Chicago. The Vic in you're Chicago. Playing... So one show is already sold out in March. Holy sh! You sold out the Vic already? One of we haven't added a second show. It's not until March. The second show is already half sold. That's crazy. Ah, you're already in 2024. Already there. Chicago's always been like a fun place for me. I, I did 14 place. shows. I did a residency at Zany's. Zany's like 130 people. Yeah. I did 14 shows. I did theme nights. It was very helpful to like write new material. But I I, I did that a couple summers ago and just spent a week in Chicago. Like loved every second of it. Got drunk like crazy every night. Yeah. Uh, well, dude, Great I, drinking I, time. I, Great I, eating I time. I hope to have a drink with you one day. I would love that. This was truly an honor, man. You really did make me laugh so hard uh, watching that special. Thank you. And I'm a huge fan of your podcasting work. So thank you for being on the first week of my shows. I really do dude, appreciate it. Dude, this is it. a blast. Uh, welcome to the Betches family. Yeah. If I could, if, I could uh, if that means anything at all. But I appreciate it. I can't wait it. just thank to be you. at you and Taylor's wedding. That's going to be amazing. <laughs> well, I'll be coaching her. <laughs> Jared Freed, ladies and gentlemen. So Bad It's Good is a Betches Media production. The show is hosted and produced by me, Ryan Bailey, with Meditza Lopez and Sandra Fryer. Additional support provided by Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales-Pico, and Rebecca Steinberg. Guest booking by Ali Friedlander. Video promotion by Laura Valencia. Be sure to send us your emails at so bad it's good with Ryan Bailey at gmail.com and follow the show at so bad it's good with Ryan Bailey on Instagram. And for additional craziness, go to patreon.com forward slash so bad it's good. Stay bad, baddies. Betches.